Hello, and welcome to Talking Shop with CTEX. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Talking Shop with CTEX. I am so pleased to join you for this wonderful session. I am Ellen Solik. Privileged to be the executive director of the CTEX system. We are the Connecticut Technical Education and Career System. And I could not be more pleased to introduce to our listeners this afternoon a very special guest, Connecticut Senator Jan Hockadell. Welcome. Thank you so we much for the invitation. We are so glad to have you. Um, today's show is really centered around the opportunities that we at CTEX have to partner with amazing people such as Senator Hockadell to explore the ways in which we can not only expand the workforce in Connecticut, but so that we can begin to expand the programming and also so that we can begin to work together to make sure that the program offerings we have here are in line with what burgeoning technology, aerospace, engineering and manufacturing, just to name a few, are all about and what they're looking to do with us and for us. We were so fortunate that Senator Hockadell is a member of the CTEX family from long ago. I'm going to take just a minute, Senator, to pause and read for our listeners a bit about your background because I think it will help them to understand what exactly our wonderful connection is all about. In November of 2022, Senator Hockadell was elected to represent the 13th Senate District which covers Meriden and parts of Cheshire, Middletown, and Middlefield, Connecticut. Prior to joining the state Senate, Senator Hockadell was an engineer working for companies ranging from Omega Engineering in Stamford to Pfizer in Wallingford and New York. After her successful career in engineering, Jan began teaching physics and science at technical high schools in Connecticut and as an eighth grade summer enrichment program instructor at Norwalk Community College. While teaching, Senator Hockadell shifted to another one of her passions, advocating for workers' rights. Her involvement with the American Federation of Teachers, the AFT in Connecticut, culminated in her becoming president of the 2015 of AFT Connecticut, where she represents 30,000 members working to ensure that they have fair pay, health care, a safe working environment, a voice in the workplace, and they are provided with the opportunity to retire with dignity. I love that. <laughs> As a president of the AFT Connecticut, Jan worked closely with the state legislature and served on the negotiating team for the State Employee Bargaining Agent Coalition, otherwise known as CBAC in Connecticut. She is also a national vice president of AFT Washington, D.C., and co-titler of the Americas for Public Service International, or PSI. If that isn't enough, <laughs> Senator Hockadell is the mother of three children and has lived in Connecticut since her days as a student at the University of New Haven, where she earned her degree in mechanical engineering. Jan also has a Master of Science degree in education and a six-year diploma from Sacred Heart University in Fairfield. 
Needless to say, you are an amazing force, both in technical education and and for in support of the workforce that we are trying so hard to develop in Connecticut. Welcome to the show, Jan. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, some people say it's a lot. I just didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up and finally found it. <laughs> and we're, we're the benefactors, so, so welcome. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about your focus in terms of what we do at CTEX, mm-hmm. how we came together through your leadership with AFT Connecticut, and maybe the third prong of this is how we got into the conversation around aerotech programming yeah. and development of a school, which we'll get into in just a minute. Yeah, so thank you for that. Um, as you mentioned, um, in addition to the things that I do here in Connecticut, I'm also a national um, AFT vice president. And being part of that is I am the chair of the technical education um, committee for AFT. So I've had the opportunity to travel to different countries. As a matter of fact, um, last year I went to Germany. And our focus there was to look at what other countries are doing about apprenticeship programs. And Germany was fascinating to me because it's, they almost have two different tracks of education that start when they're very, very young. The students decide if they're going to go on to higher education to become a lawyer or a doctor, things that we would consider um, you know, in the higher education realm here, or if they're going to go directly into work. And that is a whole separate system, very much like our CTEX, but more involved with industry partners. By the time they get to 10th, our equivalent of 10th grade, they're already out in the workforce for companies still getting their high school credits, but being paid in an apprenticeship program. So I came back from Germany and said, why are we not doing more of that here? We've always had the trades, um, the building trades especially have been the backbone. And we're not saying get rid of those, but I think we need to focus on the industries that are around our schools and what are their needs and how do we partner and become true partners in that. Absolutely, and it's so much of the work now that we're all engaged in, really from a statewide perspective and and truly nationally as well, Senator, as you are so well aware. What was the aha moment for you when you began to think about the aerotech piece of this and how we could come together um, and, and begin to partner, build partnerships, not only between CTEX and the wonderful work that you're doing, but is business and industry in Connecticut and, and the aerotech picture that, that is a part of that. What, what made you put all this together in such a wonderful way? Yeah, and I have to give a big um, shout out to two people. One is um, State Representative Liz Linehan, um, who has been talking about an aerospace high school somewhere in Connecticut for so many years. Uh, and she introduced me to Mark Natty who works at Pratt & Whitney, also a Meriden resident where I live. So we had many, many conversations. And he would say to me that, you know, CTEX has our adult aerospace programs um, where they get some of uh, the folks that they hire. There's also an aviation high school in New York City where they get students after they graduate. But there wasn't that true German model where students can go to high school get something like an airframe license, and do an apprenticeship directly with a corporation that leads them into a natural pathway. And that was the aha moment. It was like, we're missing this small portion of that puzzle, and our CTEC system is the perfect fit for that. 
Well, we are so glad that you um, put the pieces together and that we're such a, a big part of the picture. I should update our audience a bit because a lot has transpired in terms of bringing those prongs together. And, and uh, I've been privileged to be uh, much a part of it. And, and I, that's really how you and I were introduced right. and began to get to know each other a bit better, which is um, such a wonderful opportunity. Um, we did tour the entire Pratt Whitney facility in Middletown this summer. And um, Senator Hockadell, a large contingent of CTEX consultants, teachers, and administrators um, went along with you and others on that tour. We learned a tremendous amount. Yes, we did. Um, and, and I think one of the, the most important things we learned from Pratt Whitney uh, leaders is that it's been such a challenge for them to reach out and find a workforce that's really well trained and ready to go and literally hit the, hit the floor running, if you will. Yep. And so it supports that fundamental idea that if we could create a holistic aerospace school, aerotech school, that Pratt Whitney could be a, a direct partner with yep. so that the curriculum, the apprenticeships, all of that really directly line up with the work that they need to do then we're providing that workforce to them directly. And I think that's really what the, the beginning discussions and the tour have been around. Yeah. Um, and again, to have you on board is such a, a, a crucial component of that whole concept. Thank you so much. It's, I've often said that the CTEC system is the best kept secret in Connecticut. I don't think you know, the average citizen realizes the skilled workforce the students that come out um, that have been ho holding a wrench, if you will, for four years, they don't have to be as trained to go into some of these like highly technical jobs. Um, and they're, t they're taught those soft skills about, you know, being polite, making sure that you go to work on time, making sure that you're doing everything you can. Those, our students learn that along with all the other highly skilled things that they need. They do, and we've heard that so many times from business and industry partners who yeah. are, are so glad to get our students because of that, because yeah. they are understanding that it's important to be on time, that it's important to complete a job start exactly. to finish. All of those, as you said so mm -hmm. well, um, soft skills, we're calling them core skills these days simply because yeah. without those, you know, the technical know-how doesn't always translate, as you know. That's right. um, so uh, I want to bring us back to Pratt & Whitney for a minute. We have yet to, to um, sit back down with them. Our initial discussions really were framed around that wonderful tour that you and CTEX, um, again, administrators and instructors went on as well this summer to, well, prior to the summer, actually, to the school in New York City to see yeah what that configuration really was all about and, and could we come up with something similar to that or e even even bigger and better than that that would serve the needs for CTEX and also for Pratt & Whitney. And we've had some great initial discussions around that, I think. Um, and yet since then, I think we've also discovered, we've learned a lot from Pratt & Whitney about what their needs actually are um, and what the legislation is around it, what we would have to take a look at. So um, I'm anticipating that that next discussion is going to be even more uh, committed to what do we need for space? What What yeah. is it that we can do perhaps without reinventing the wheel that's going to provide them with that opportunity for our students to become Pratt Whitney employees yeah. eventually? 
And I think it is a big education for the public and the legislature. Um, we, the public as, and as general, um, or in general, I should say, you know, they have this notion that every student should be going on to higher education. And just from the German model, we know not every student wants to go on for higher education or needs to. You know, we, ha we have put out plumbers, electricians, you know, that have gone right into their trades, have built their houses, put their own uh, children through education, and never had a student debt. And I think we actually have to say, let's step back. And what are the industry needs here in Connecticut, like at Pratt Whitney? What do they need? What are they looking for? And how can we get those skills to those students while they're still in high school so that they can go directly into a well-paid union job starting at over $70,000 again? And then they may choose to go on to higher education at a later date, but the company actually helps you with it. And again, it's that no student debt, that no, that no burdens, but still getting that successful career that everybody should be entitled to. Absolutely. It is such a healthy cultural shift, I think, that yes. certainly uh, many, many families are making in Connecticut. Yeah. And that is, as you just highlighted, um, do we really want to set up our students so that when they graduate from four years of a college, they're in, in debt for hundreds of thousands That's of dollars? Right. Certainly nobody wants that. But more important, I think people um, across the, the workforce are beginning to understand that there can be a partnership, right, mm -hmm. between, as you just said so well, between pursuing a trade and enhancing pursuit of that trade, certainly with, with schooling, with additional experience, you, you are an expert in <laughs> actually in doing that. But yet it doesn't have to be exclusive to one or the other. That's right. It could really be a healthy combination of both. Yeah. And um, I, I know you've worked with uh, Governor Lamont, as I have, around those kinds of partnerships. Um, and in fact, we're both involved in a group now that the governor has put together a, in a task force mm -hmm. to do just that. Um, f feel free, because you're, you're yeah. a wealth of, of knowledge <laughs> around that whole piece. I just, you know, we've had... Um, industry partners come to us before. Um, and they wanted us to produce almost widgets to, that would just pigeonhole these students um, going directly into some type of corporation. I think what we're looking at now is the broader picture. How can we equip these students with, like we're talking about, an airframe license that would go right into something like a Pratt & Whitney, but it's not pigeonholing. They can go to Sikorsky. They can go to work at one of the airports. It's a portable license and skills that, again, goes into these careers. And that's what we have to be looking for. How do we get skills and licenses for these students so that then they can go on and fly anywhere that they want to. And we have enough um, corporations, industries here in Connecticut, we need to survey them and say, what are those licenses, those certifications that we need to provide for these students? I, I can think of one right off the bat. We're um, having a huge crisis, supposedly for nurses. Um, although there's you know thousands of nurses out there, they just don't wanna go to work for some of these corporations. How do we actually get um, students into fields, again, without that student debt. How do we create programs for like CNAs that then they go to work for a hospital, the hospital then pays for them to become an LPN or to become a nurse or become a doctor. The, the field is wide open. Those are the pathways that I think we have to start looking at. Absolutely. And, and what I'm noticing as a trend as well is that there is more and more funding both at the state and federal yes. level that's going to afford students the opportunity to really do that dual 
credit or dual partnership programming yes. that you that you just talked about. In fact, CTEX long ago and far away, we used to offer uh, an LPN program. Yes, and I'm I'm sure you yes. were very I familiar very with well, that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess because either through attrition or the perception that there wasn't the market for it, unfortunately, CTEX let go of the program. Now there's this huge burgeoning need, yeah. right, for LPNs. So we're in conversation with the community colleges to say, gee, could we possibly create a dual pathway for students so yeah. they would get their health, basic health instruction with us at CTEX and then go on to pursue an LPN, and there's actually uh, an abundance of funding becoming available yeah. to, to enable our students to do that, as you said, debt-free, yeah. which is just so exciting. Yeah, um, and our Department of Labor does an awesome job with our apprentices, um, especially all the programs and getting some of those fundings, like you said, from federal. Um, I know the system takes advantage of the Perkins money, um, which also, as we open new apprenticeships, there's funding that way. So I think, again, we just have to be creative and find out what those industries are what are those pathways we can get, and then see where we can get the funding. But I do think we have to, again, educate the legislature, because one of the mis other misconceptions is, oh, it's a high school, so every time there's a change to the graduation requirements, they're put on the system as well. And like I said, not every student wants or needs to go to college, and that's their focus. So I do think we have to start having the conversations, what are the needs and the focus of this system um, so that we're not burdening the students with things that they're not going to need or want at a later time. Absolutely. Um, as a senator in Connecticut, Jan, what are you hearing um, on the floor, if you will, in terms of overall Senate initiatives, Senate focus areas around work-based development and, and in more in particular, perhaps expansion of those yeah. workforce opportunities? Um, and do you feel like you you are um, you're certainly an active contributor, but do you feel like you're a primary voice in in some of the work that they're seeing that needs to be done? Unfortunately, I'm not on the education committee, um, so I don't have a direct voice there. Um, but I think a lot of folks know that I was always will be considered a teacher, been in um, the system, so there are a lot of you know conversations um, that are being had. I think one of the focus has always been on, you know, machine shop. Everybody's always talking about we can't get enough folks in those areas. Um, I worked in a machine shop, and I can tell you when I left that, you know, five years later, the equipment had completely changed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where people just don't understand is, yes, we need this skilled workforce, but we have to keep up to industry. In the technical high school, that's, you know, getting that those um, programs, those machines, we also need the funds. We also need to make sure that our educators have the professional development that they need so that they're keeping up because now they've been out of industry maybe two or three years and again, they can't be left behind. And those are the things that make us very unique from the regular high school systems and it's why we need to keep fighting for more funding um, for our systems so that we can keep up with the, the needs in the industries. Absolutely, and, and I have to say the governor uh, members of the Senate and the House both uh, last year I had the privilege of, of appearing before some of all of those groups and the, the, the basic support is 
definitely there. Mm -hmm. I think they're very excited about the work that we're doing, about the partnerships that yes. we're forming, because we're really learning that we can't do it alone and we can't continue to work in silos. That's right. Even though the, the those siloed efforts are wonderful, it doesn't it doesn't create a force powerful enough to really change the culture, as you mm -hmm. highlighted earlier, and also to provide that fiscal support. Uh, because right now, even as we look at, are looking at the manufacturing trades yeah. and the, the huge change over almost overnight in the equipment that our students are demanded to be yeah. facile with that's expensive yes. it's an expensive proposition our business partners are doing an amazing job of helping us in terms of that support but we definitely will need the fiscal support at the state level there's no question because it's it's daunting, as it is in public education everywhere, that yeah. the, the needs of students just keep growing. And yeah. that, that equipment component for us, as you mentioned, is key. As if we go back to the Pratt & Whitney partnership, in order to actually train these students so that they can pass that airframe license, they're gonna need engines, they're gonna need propellers, they're gonna need planes to work on. Um, and I hope that also comes out of the partnership, but there is gonna be a fiscal impact. And I, I, we just need, again, to educate the legislature that this money isn't just going, you know, I don't know, for paper or whatever. This is going towards something that's truly, truly needed um, for those students to be successful. And I see coming down the line, you know, uh, green energy, for example, I had a, a, a bill last year, um, I'm the co-chair of the Environmental Committee, and it was the Carbon Neutral School Bill. And what we wanted to do was work with Green Bank so that every school system, every district, would be able to get an assessment on their schools on how could they improve their green energy, ultimately saving taxpayers money in the long run. And my thought was, you know, right here we have an opportunity that that could be done by students in the CTEC system. But it's how do we get into those well-needed industries, we need the funds in order to do that. Absolutely. In fact, uh, our transportation uh, consultant, Lou Camacho, who does an amazing job for us, um, discovered a $7 million grant last year for just the kind of work that you're highlighting. And this grant was dedicated toward the purchase of electric buses. Yeah. So CTEX was awarded to 21 um, electric buses last year. But when you really think about it, 21 buses for our potentially almost 12,000 uh, student population, it, it doesn't touch right. you know, what we ultimately would need. And we're already up to $7 million. That's, and that's really without charging stations and all of the other work that would go mm -hmm. with that. So it's a daunting task. There is Years. no question. But um, I was smiling earlier when we were talking about uh, the, the aerospace equipment that's needed. And I'll share this quick story with our listeners. Um, in serving in schools for many, many years, I certainly was used to getting phone calls about, gee, Dr. Silik, we need um, a, a, a staffing over at a certain school or we need XYZ supplies at a certain school, which would be typical, you know, sort of pen, paper, and cleaning mm -hmm. supplies, right? I got a call from um, the, uh, last year's principal at Bristol Tech. His name is John Ryan, and John calls me and says, Dr. Solik, if you have a minute, I have to talk to you because I have a line in on buying a jet engine, <laughs> and I need, to, I need you to, to, to really tell me whether this is okay. And I thought to myself, 
this is a first for me <laughs> that I've never sanctioned the purchase of a jet engine. And yet it illustrated so well yeah. that, you know, we're in it. We are in it hook, line, and sinker, and, and particularly the whole aerotech aspect. But that, yeah, as you said, we're, we're, we've got to look at buying jet engines because that's what our students learn on. Yeah. We've got to look at buying the component, the technology components for that's airplanes right. and jets because when people board those planes, they're used to Wi-Fi, mm -hmm. they're used to instant access to movies, all that technology, never mind the safety yeah. and security piece. And all of that has to be purchased in some shape or fashion so our kids can learn. Yeah. So um, I know we're going to work together to, to make that happen um, legislatively in every other way. Absolutely. Yeah, going I am, forward. I am here for that. And I just want to give a shout out to the instructors because um, that's the other piece, you know, coming from industry. I know it was a pay cut to come in to education, but it was something that I was passionate about and love. And I know, especially our trade teachers are the same way. You know, they could be definitely making more money out in the industry, but they do do it because they love the students and, and love what they're doing. Um, but we need to look at that. Like, we need to be able to pay these instructors um, what they're worth and what they're giving back to the communities could not agree more and these people have been usually in their trades for a number of years yeah. and the amount of experience yes. and practitioner value they bring to our programs yeah. is just it's almost without measure it's so that I word, couldn't agree priceless. more to you <laughs> yeah very truly um, and it, you know the fact that they flock to us because they know that the work is so valuable that, yeah. that they're going to be able to do and and so much of that value is made up intrinsically rather than in the dollars that, right. that uh, it makes a huge difference but I agree with you I think if we could advocate for compensation for educators across the United States yes. I'll take this opportunity Amen. to do that because that <laughs> and administrators for that matter yeah. um, but anyway, back to, the, back to the core topic for our day today. Uh, we talked about it a minute ago. There has still not been a full cultural shift yet for, I think, for people in general around, gosh, do I want to send my student into a trade because th their recollection of the trades might be a dirty shop floor, mm -hmm. dark you know sort of greasy fingernails <laughs> exactly and yeah. you and I know it's come so far yeah. since then in fact if you walk into our classrooms as you know Jan right yeah. now you could literally um, eat off the floor or Absolutely. do anything else that the shops that that now exist in Connecticut in particular are the expectation level has been raised so high that most of these students are amazed when they go in for the first time and, and really see what the shop floors look like, what the settings look yeah. like and feel like. Um, so I guess my question, and, and this is just a, a sort of think aloud question is, how do we convey that? How do we begin to, to help people make that cultural shift that the trades are not a second-rate endeavor to go into? The trades are not a dark and dirty and dingy sort of second choice because, you know, gee, that's a, that might be all there is. It's come so far yeah. since then. Um, even if you go into auto shops these days where, again, in the good old days, we all remember the small little shops behind the gas station yeah. that you wouldn't walk into. Even if you were working there, you would <laughs> walk into them. And it's so different yeah. now. How, what are your thoughts around that? I had the opportunity many, many years ago um, to hear President Biden speaking um, at an AFL-CIO convention. 
And it always stuck with me because he said, you know, we're always going to need our electricians, our plumbers, they're vital to our society. And that's what our trade schools, you know, were producing at the time. He said, everybody wants those, but they just don't want it for their own kid. And so we have to get to the parents. We have to educate the parents about what a technical school can offer. I went to a technical high school. It happened to be in Massachusetts, sorry. Um, but I went on for engineering and you know different pathways, and here I am. They're not the old trade schools. They're not you know what you used to see. It's not about keeping people down. We're now trying to lift people up. Um, and Honestly, I think the best way we do that is to start expanding with those partnerships, with industries. So if we were to take a vinyl tech and have that air, we then just have to tell the parents what this program is, how their, their children would apply for it, what they would get. We just have to educate our parents and expand. That's such a great and inspirational thought that you just raised because I could envision inviting parents into a forum like this yeah. to talk about what what are their concerns, what are their misconceptions, what are what what are they beginning to discover about oh, yeah. really what the trades can offer f for their children and and the kinds of successes that you so well highlighted at the yeah. beginning around now our kids are self-sufficient now they're raising a family purchasing homes buying cars with no underlying debt and it's a huge plus yeah. um, never mind the, the work sites themselves yeah. and and all that that is to offer so it, it's exciting work it really it, is, it is such a, a wonderful opportunity to have you on today but Thank also you. to talk about the partnership potential. And I envision us marching forward with Pratt Whitney with lots of good news and shortly yes. and uh, in, the, in the conversations to come. Very excited. And Senator, I can't thank you enough for coming in today and, and sharing your expertise, your vision, and all your experience, and, and also your, your connection with us. We always um, highlight the fact that we are members of a huge and wonderful family we known are. as CTEX. Yeah. And you're an endeared member of that family. So thank you so much for your support. Thank you for the invitation. And for today. Anytime I can promote the system, um, it's my pleasure. I, I live it, I breathe it. My son went through the program. Um, just graduated, you know, and with a degree in computers and electronics, um, truly believe it in my soul that it's the best thing that has ever been offered in Connecticut. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you.